0: Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Training for Life Redeemed. I'm your host, Dan, and I am here with my father, David Jackson. We are coming towards the end of our study series in Acts. Today we are looking at Paul's trials in front of three or two Roman governors and one king who all come to listen to Paul, what he has to say, Paul's fulfilling prophecies that Jesus had said about him and how he's going to be standing and witnessing before kings. And presenting cases before soon-to-be-Caesar. So this is a fantastic series, really, where we get to look at what Paul is saying and the effects it has on these people and really remembering that this letter is written to Theophilus, who is in a similar position, having to make a decision about what's going on with Christians. Dad, what happens with Felix? Felix comes in, he's looking after Paul, he's the governor here, and he tries to get to the bottom of the case?
1: Yeah, well, one of the characteristics we read through the whole Bible is that the word Satan means accuser. And Satan's accusations against the people Jesus has saved, whether they be old covenant or new covenant believers, his accusations are always false. And your classic behind this is the book of Job where Satan accuses Job of being a fake believer. If you take away his toys, God, he'll curse you to your face. And it's funny, in the book of Job, Satan actually says to God, if you take away his toys, he'll bless you, won't he? And then God, take, God says, well, go and take away his toys, and he takes away his ten children, he takes away everything he owns, and the guy is absolutely devastated you want to talk about PTSD, mum's doing a counselling course and she was saying, you know, who can we think of in the Bible who had might have been threatened with PTSD? And I'm going, (laughs) well, let's start with Job. We can think of a few. But here he is, sitting down, miserable, and what does he say? The Lord gave, the Lord took away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Duh, Satan's accusation's false. Faith is genuine. So Satan is the accuser and he's there to prosecute christians and accuse us of being fakes and wicked sinners and we deserve all to go to hell he's he's the prosecutor in god's court but when his case fails when jesus defeats him at the temptation when he pays for our sins at the cross case over the sentence has been passed the sentence has been carried out there is there are no more accusations on the record of any of the people who believe in jesus so, uh, sorry, pal, you can leave the court. And so you read these passages in Luke 10 and Revelation 12 where Satan gets kicked out of God's courtroom. But what he does when he gets kicked out of God's courtroom is he turns to be a vigilante. So if you watch any Clint Eastwood movies, you know that, you know, the courts are useless and the law is, you know, a wimp. So what you really need is a bad cop to go out and shoot the bad guys and save the courts the trouble. And that's what Satan does. He is his own little militia force that's going to ignore the government and go and kill Christians because he can't get a conviction in God's court.
0: So is Felix then like acting like Satan, or is it going to be the Sanhedrin well,
1: who were trying to get it to it? Uh, so the Jews turn around and they set up a vigilante squad to assassinate Paul. The Romans come in and rescue him, and now Paul is going to go through court after court after court, where the accusers... So the Bible speaks of the offspring of the snake. So there's Satan in God's courtroom in Job accusing Job. And then down on earth, it's Job's friends who are doing all the accusing. They're the offspring of the snake, as it were. So here we are, the offspring of the snake, the Sanhedrin, are prosecuting with false accusations God's man. Only the court this time is now a Roman court. So the Sanhedrin are no longer the court the Sanhedrin, are the prosecution. Yeah. They're the Satan. And Paul's in the dock, and Rome is in God's place as judge, and that we're going to rebuke that. So here we go.
0: Well, Paul definitely puts up a good... Display of bearing witness, I think, before kings. He does Felix. Felix is more interested in getting money out of Paul, I think, than any kind of justice or anything like that. So he just holds on to Paul, keeps him in prison until we move on to our next (laughs) governor, which, you know, could have been, I don't know, it's probably a couple of years, I imagine. Two Uh, years later. Two years, yep. And then we get Festus who comes in, and now Festus is going to. Call another trial to find out what Paul's doing
1: here? Yeah, well, but Festus is in a different position. Felix, the, the Jews didn't, yeah, didn't work out with Felix, and for a number of reasons. Felix was pretty vicious toward the Jews. So the Jews reported him to Caesar, and Caesar recalled him. Now, the next governor that comes in knows that if you don't get on the right side of the Jews, you're going to be on the wrong side of Caesar, because if you don't manage this province, things are not going to go well. So Festus comes in and he's looking for an excuse to find a way to get in the good books with the Sanhedrin and the first his first item of business is Paul which is a bit surprising I mean you you've got a, gov- a province full of you know assassins and terrorists and all sorts of things and your first bit of business is Paul because with Paul you could win the favor of the Sanhedrin and be a popular Roman governor mm. if that's at all possible so He's the one who puts the case to Paul to say, the Sanhedrin don't want to try you in my court, they want to try you in their court. So I want to take you up to Jerusalem and instead of the Sanhedrin being your accuser, they're going to be your judge.
0: Paul doesn't like that and goes, well, if you're not going to be my judge and I'm a Roman citizen, I'll go to Caesar and he can be my judge.
1: (laughs) So pretty much, you know, you're behaving corruptly. Uh, I am behaving with integrity. When you look at the accusations that were brought in front of Felix, I'll just summarise those. That 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 had me in stitches. So their opening line is he's a pest. <laughs> uh, what, what what are your charges against this poor? Why are we having these riot, riots and assassination squads and all the rest of it? Oh, he's a pest. He stirs up dissension. Did he start the riot in Jerusalem? No. Let's let's wait for the report from the Roman garrison commander as to how he rescued him from the riot. Yeah, he's leading a Christian sect. Is that a crime? He tried to desecrate the temple. Yeah, who says? Where's this Greek you say he brought into the temple? So the whole thing looks ridiculous. And then am I going to go up to the Sanhedrin and have those guys sit in my judgment? It's a foregone conclusion I'd be dead. Let's go talk to Nero. And that now just flips the tables Because they've got no charges to lay. Yeah. How do you write to Nero and say, I'm sending him to you because he's a pest (laughs) and because the Jews don't like him and they rioted against him because they mistook the guy he was with for being a Greek in the temple and it broke some Jewish law or other. This you is not something look good to Nero. <laughs> Nero is—you know—you're going to take how many hours of the emperor's time on something like that? The last guy got recalled. Do you really want to try this on? <laughs> so I guess he takes a while to send him. <laughs> well, his problem is he can't not send him.
0: Well, that's right, but he needs to send him with something.
1: But he's what on earth is he going to say that isn't going to make him look worse than Paul? So he summons our dear friend Agrippa and that takes us to study 6. Yeah, well, acts 25 26. Who's the madman? <laughs> Who's the madman? Come on. Paul presents his case before Festus and Agrippa and the comment is, you know, all your learning has made you has driven you mad, Paul. And I mean you've got to stop and think about that statement for a minute. You are so well educated that you're insane. So using your reason and your research and your reading and all the scholarship you bring to the table, that makes you mad, <laughs> whereas we're all sane. And it's the same people who, under the conviction of the gospel, as Paul tells his story, they get to a point where they're almost convicted of their sin and almost convinced that Jesus is who he says he is. And their answer to that, is to rush out of the room and end the, story, end the the interview. And you're looking at that and thinking to yourself, wow, who's mad here? Which is rational, believing in Jesus or the irrationality of shutting the preacher up because he's getting to me? Is it your great learning or is it your great foolishness? Who's the madman in this room?
0: Oh, yes, and then... King Agrippa definitely comes out as well and he can see the rationale behind Paul's arguments and stuff as well. He's very familiar with what's happening amongst the Jews. Paul is convinced that Agrippa believes in the prophets and all that kind of stuff and Agrippa is intent to make sure that he's not persuaded to become a Christian in such a short amount of time. Yeah, uh, doesn't say he wouldn't like to do it for a long amount of time but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not so quickly. Uh, and then yeah, the end of agreement is that there's no charges and we got to just send him and yes. who knows what to send him with
1: and you have the testimony now of two roman governors. governors agrippa who's the king of the jews at the time and they're all saying the man is not doing anything worthy of death or imprisonment if he hadn't appealed to caesar we could have let him go but we couldn't let him go because the sanhedrin would get upset so <laughs> this is a political decision but two roman Governors and the king are declaring him innocent. And my mind goes straight back to Pontius Pilate. Three times he declares Jesus innocent. And then, being the wimp, because he's scared of the Sanhedrin, he hands him over to get crucified. So there's no, if you're Theophilus and you're looking at this, you're going, this is crazy. There's nothing wrong with this gospel.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of episode 31. So if you would like your study notes to dive a bit deeper into this, and that's you know, we're going to go over three studies in each of these sets of study notes, head over to tradingforliferedeemed.com slash 31 to grab your study notes. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a review. And I hope that you will subscribe if you have not yet already. Come and join us for our last episode on the Book of Acts as we finish it off. On Friday, we're looking at episode 32, Acts chapter 27 through to the end, and our trip to Rome.